We have two prophets in our Old Testament whose names are almost exactly alike, and it can be confusing. There is Elijah and there is Elisha. Now, Elijah comes from a name that means God is my strength. Elisha means God is my salvation. So if you can tell the difference when I speak of Elijah and Elisha, you can think about strength and salvation. My friends, let us hear a story of Elijah and Elisha. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Be silent. Elijah then said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were both standing by the Jordan River. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me while I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind to heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them 
in two pieces. Then he picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. When the company of prophets who were at Jericho saw him at a distance, they declared, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. The word of the Lord. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for your stories. We thank you for the stories of ancient prophets who have carried your power and taught us and continue to teach us about leadership and your spirit. Embrace us in the mantle of your spirit now. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This past Wednesday, I drove to Goshen, the Goshen Scout Camp in Virginia. I was the female scout parent. And I went around and I watched as scouts learned how to embrace a leather sheath they'd made for their pocket knife. I watched them make a shelter and then find their way using only a compass. I attended a flag ceremony at the end of the day. On Wednesday evening at the flag ceremony, I just stood back and watched as the flags were lowered and folded. On Thursday night, the scoutmaster gave me his scout shirt to wear, a shirt with all the emblems of accomplishment, pins and stripes, badges and stars and ranks and authority, and I felt so powerful just wearing the shirt. See, the scoutmaster didn't want me to be an outsider. He wanted to include me in the community and in the leadership. It was a mantle of leadership given to me for that brief moment. And I stood at the flag ceremony proudly in a scoutmaster's fully decorated Class A shirt that had the scoutmaster's name and a pin across it. But it wasn't just about me. It was about the future. Now a mantle in the time of the prophets was a heavy woolen cloak, a sign of power, before David became King David, he served King Saul, and wanting to be king himself, he cut off a corner of Saul's mantle to take it for himself. 
In the stories of Jesus, a woman with an illness says, if I just touch the hem of his cloak, his mantle, I will be made well. And she did, and she was. When Elijah went up on the mountain of the Lord with the earthquake, wind, and fire, he felt the presence and the power of God in silence. And when he heard the silence, he wrapped his face in his cloak, his mantle, and went out and stood in the power and the presence of God. Now Moses had been on that same mountain and received power from God. But now that power is on Elijah. Power with which Elijah can part the seas, just like Moses. On his way home, Elijah threw his mantle on an unsuspecting farmer out in his field. Elisha, calling him to be a prophet. Of course, Elisha had to give the shirt back and then go through the leadership training until God or Elijah decided he was ready And then across the Jordan, Elijah asked for a double portion of his mentor's spirit. It's not two times as much. It's the portion of the eldest son. And it happens. God takes Elijah up in the whirlwind and the chariots of fire, and the mantle passes from father to son, mentor to student, past to future. And now Elisha, rolls up the mantle and parts the waters of the Jordan and takes that power to the next generation. Now the reason I was at scout camp is that my daughters are members of the scout venture crew. They are venture scouts, which have been part of the Boy Scouts forever that have included girls. They are the high adventure. They go out and they backpack and they hike and they climb mountains and cross rivers in the hail. But scouts need moms to step up. In the last several years, the scouts have come on a time of crisis. How inclusive would they be Y'all remember some of those conversations and conflict that was happening in the Boy Scouts? Would they allow someone gay to be a leader? And eventually they decided yes. But one of their largest benefactors then withdrew support. A third of their support. And that's when they made the decision to become Scouting USA and welcome girls fully into scouting. Some say it was simply a financial decision. 
I believe it was really a question of whether or not they would move into the future. See, I listen to my children, my girls talk, and they live in a future where gender isn't so clear-cut. Gender lines are blurred for them. It's not at all unusual for our children to have classmates who are in transition to a different sex or who don't fit into traditional understandings of male and female. And believe you me, it is a confusing world out there. I have to constantly ask my girls to explain it to me. Now, what does non-binary gender mean? How does that work out? Tell me the pronouns again. A new future is taking shape where there are many genders. And it has to be lived in even more than being figured out. I think the scouts took a bold step into a new future. I see churches facing a similar thing as fewer and fewer people identify with any traditional religious institution. Even conservative evangelical Protestant churches are beginning to lose members. So what about the next generation? There's no question that we here are doing amazing ministry with our next generation. The mission trip where the children lived out what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to help a lame person enter their house on a ramp. They haven't done before. And the coming week, the greatest youth infusion of faith in the Western Hemisphere, a Presbyterianism Montreat Youth Conference, where this church has been taking young people for 30 or 40 years to worship with a thousand other young people in this amazing experience of the power of God. In service and in worship, we are passing the mantle. But still, the lines of religious traditions are blurring. And our kids are growing up in a future where they sit with Muslims and Jews and Hindus and Buddhists and many, many, many people who are in the category of spiritual but not religious or Another category called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. So the first thing I wonder about is there a Christian church where people of many faiths feel as welcome as followers of Jesus? I don't really know what that would look like or if that's possible. 
what integrity that has. But I wonder about a place in which Hindus and Jews can worship alongside of us. When where the power of love cancels out all that separates us. But I also wonder even more about these nuns. I do not like that word. I find it degrading. I often find great integrity in people who can articulate how religion has failed or harmed them or someone they have loved or just doesn't make sense. And I wonder about a Christian church for people for whom no name for God makes sense. Could people for whom no name for God makes sense be as welcome as those of us who humbly name God Jesus? And not to become something but simply to be a nun. In every church I've served, people have come up to me and said, you know, I don't believe all this, but I come for community. And isn't that all of us from time to time? That in the end, it is about belonging? That God embraces us beyond belief? Jesus didn't part the Jordan. He was baptized in it. And in the power of God came down upon him as the Holy Spirit. God gave him the mantle of leadership to a whole new generation, more than the children of Israel beyond to the children of Greeks, and the Greek nor Jew are all one in Christ. Now we have been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the mantle of leadership is upon us, but all of us. For the leadership and the power of God in our faith tradition is not held by one person, but it is in the whole community that seeks God together. God's power is in community, and God's power is community. We are the mantle. The future we face is as complex and confusing as ever. The clearer we are about being a community of love, first and foremost, period, the more open and flexible we will be for the future God is creating and calling us into. And I think this is true for our families, for our places of work, and for all the communities to which we belong. 
Yes, Jesus has brought us here. Jesus has embraced us. And we are a community of love. And we are the power for the future. From Moses to Elijah to Elisha to Jesus to us, God has passed that mantle of leadership. And God will part the waters through us. to the coming generations. Wear the mantle proudly. Throw it on unsuspecting farmers. Let them know they belong without belief. That's leadership for the future. Amen.